Hey, Asha, how are you? Uh, hi, Fatima, I'm good, thank you. That's great. Thank you so much for coming on the Birthing Goddess podcast. I'm so excited, yeah, to hear about all your three birth stories. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. Oh, yay, that's so cool. And um, congratulations on your newly born baby just last week, was it? Yeah, he's 11 days old now. Wow. Yeah, he's perfect. (laughs) He's the perfect baby. Oh, that's so sweet. I can't wait to hear about that. Yeah. Before we get started, can you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? So who's in your family, where you live and what you do for work? Yep. So I um, am from the Gold Coast. I'm 28 years old and I'm an emergency nurse. Wow. That's so cool. And how long have you been that for? So I've been nursing now for five and a half years and I went straight from my degree into emergency. Wow, that's so amazing. You probably have so many um, interesting stories that you could probably tell us about that too. Hey? Yeah. <laughs> wow. And who's in your family? So um, my husband, Cameron, he's um, 30 years old and then I have a 12-year-old daughter. Her name is Lamaya and we have Nalani who is two. And I, Luca, who is 11 days old. Oh, so special. Aren't you very blessed, hey? Yes, so very lucky. Yes. That's so cool. We're going to go through um, all three pregnancies and births. So we'll start with Lamaya. Is it Lamaya? Lamaya, yeah. Beautiful. Um, So was she a planned pregnancy? No, definitely not. So um, I got pregnant with um, my high school boyfriend when I was 16 and – so yeah that was a it was definitely not planned it was by accident I was actually on the pill um I probably wasn't taking it properly to be quite honest um (laughs) and was just 100% careless uh as the teenagers are yeah um and like that's a, a story within itself that relationship and pregnancy but um because I was so young I I I just didn't know anything I didn't think to educate myself on pregnancy I literally just did whatever my doctors and midwives told me to do throughout my pregnancy what prenatals to take um you know what I should be doing what I should be buying I let everyone else dictate that for me Mm. um and then when I had her I chose this I didn't know that there was any other option other than shared care so I went through my GP um for most of my appointments, but then obviously had appointments at my hospital as well with random obstetricians and midwives each time. Um, but when it came to the actual birth, um, I didn't prepare myself at all. I didn't think to do any birthing classes. I wasn't offered any either. Mm. Um, I didn't really know that they existed, to be quite honest. Like I said, I was young and careless. Um, so when it came to my birth, I did have my mom and my sister there that obviously done it before. So when I, I labored all day at home and then went to the hospital around three o'clock in the afternoon. By the time I got to the hospital, I was already eight centimeters dilated. Wow. Yeah. So I'd progressed really well at home. Well done. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know any different. They just told me to come in when your contractions are this far apart. Yeah. And, um, and I lived literally right next door to the hospital. So they weren't too worried about me getting to the hospital on time. Um, and so, yeah, by the time I'd gotten there, I had my midwife came and she's like, okay, we're going to give you something to speed things up. 
um, it's going to make it go so much quicker for you and then it will be over and done with. So they gave mm. me um, Syntocin, um, synthetic wow. Pitocin. At eight centimetres dilated. Yeah, oh. I know. <laughs> I literally was in that room for maybe five minutes yes. before they hooked me up to the drip and, wow. um, yeah, and gave Syntocin. Um, I like I, said, I didn't know any different. I just thought, you know, you guys know what you're doing. You're the medical professionals here. Yes. Um, you know, you know what you're doing. So they initiated that and then my labour just went from, like, you know, 50 to 100. Wow. Um, it, like the pain was just so much worse <laughs> with the syntocin. Yeah. Uh, but obviously because it makes your contractions harder and faster. So um, I laboured for a further five hours. What? Yeah. So it actually delayed my, my labor wow. by five hours. Um, and then they, like, obviously they do um, internal checks to see if you're progressing. I wasn't, oh, sorry, <laughs> starting to wake up. Um, so, yeah, I obviously wasn't progressing. So he, um, they broke my waters. Mm-hmm. They said, "Oh, you know, this will make it go faster." <laughs> that was the that was the you know magical sentence. This is going to make it go faster. Wow! So they broke my waters to see if things would progress. Um, and then I think it wasn't too long after that they're like, "Oh, you're fully dilated now. You can start pushing." Mm-hmm. So um, I pushed for a good hour and didn't make any progress. And after pushing for that long, I was so exhausted um Mm. so the obstetrician came in because obviously I wasn't progressing and he did an internal and I wasn't fully dilated (laughs) so I'd been pushing for an hour at still eight and a half centimeters um so yeah again they said okay we're just going to what we're gonna do is we're gonna you know do an internal but we're gonna lift your cervix um and see if we can lift it during the contraction to get it over the baby's head. <laughs> mm, oh my god. <laughs> because uh and then they start talking about, you know, forceps and oh, um, you know, um what's the other one? The Venthouse vacuum. Yes. And more intervention if because they have you on a clock. If we don't get the baby out in this mm. amount of time, then we've got to intervene and do this and we've got to do that. So <clears throat> of course I just let them do it. <laughs> yeah the pain again during that it's because they're not very gentle with it they literally trying to force something that's unnatural yeah within your body so um they try to do that but work because they're trying to stretch it a further you know centimeter and a half Mm. um so I after that the first time I said no you're not you can't do that again that was like just horrible so I think it was about another half hour until she actually descended properly and then my cervix opened up and then, um, you know, I birthed her. Um, but <clears throat> I found, like, because I was so young, I felt like I was just rushed, like mm-hmm. we're going to tell you what to do. And then after I had her, it was there was a lot of um, judgment because of my age Aww. and I don't think I was treated as fairly as like somebody of, you know, a, a older age. Mm. <laughs> but my recovery, because I had been pushing for so long, her head came out like really misshaped because she was 
you know, I was forced to push. Yeah. And so I had a terrible recovery. My pelvic floor was a mess. Um, I don't think I didn't, couldn't sit properly or go to the toilet properly for weeks. I think it was about, she was about 12 weeks old and I still had to like lean over her pram to walk because I still was in a lot of pain. Wow. And that was the like vaginal birth as well. That was, yeah, that was a vaginal birth um with syntocin so it wasn't completely natural but I had the pitocin as well um but yeah no I had a terrible recovery did you get any stitches no I grazed I just grazed okay so that was that was yeah (laughs) wow oh far and how was um postpartum life after that birth were you quite traumatized not until I was pregnant with my not, not not until I started trying for my second child that I realised that that wasn't how birth should have been. Mm. Sorry, my toddler's just, I can hear her doing something. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know where she is now. I hear when they're quiet, they always up to mischief. <laughs> That's what I've experienced. Sorry, I just put her. It's like you've got to close every door and lock yeah, everything. Absolutely. But no, my post. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't think I, I wasn't traumatized by it until, uh, yeah, I started trying for my my second child. Yeah, I'm interested to know. So with um, Nalani, the one is that the one that's just gone missing? Yeah, yeah. She's, was she... She, she was jumping on the bed in one of the rooms. Oh, funny. <laughs> oh gotta love it. Was she a planned pregnancy? Um, yeah, so she was definitely planned. She was actually an IVF baby. Oh, wow. Yeah, so my husband and I had been friends for a long time before we actually got together. And then um, we were together for a year before we got married. And then we started trying for oh, – sorry, she's so loud. Um, we started um, trying for a baby straight away. Yeah. And so our first – our first um, – Sorry, she's calling out to me. Oh. <laughs> Come here, darling. Um, sorry. So yeah, our first month that we tried, we conceived, but we yeah. um, miscarried a couple oh. months after that. Um, and from there, we just couldn't get pregnant by ourselves. Mm. So I just knew that there wasn't something right with yep. my body. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'd been to a GP and asked for a referral for a fertility specialist but they said oh no we can't give you that you need to wait 12 months before we'll give you a referral because no fertility specialist will see you until you've done all of these tests and um until you've waited a whole year yeah um which I, I knew this wasn't true because I worked in a hospital yeah. <laughs> and I you know I'd come into contact with a lot of fertility specialists and gynecologists um and I had all these blood tests done, like a 21-day hormonal test. My husband had his sperm checked and um, oh, they said that oh, all your tests have come back normal. Um, you know, just it's just a waiting game. It can take up to 12 months for a healthy couple to conceive. So I literally, I just went and saw one of the doctors at work and I said, uh, this is what's going on. Can you just give me a referral for a gynecologist or a fertility yeah. specialist? I mean, and then I got an appointment the very next week. I took in all of my tests and he's, he looked at all of my tests and he looked at me and said, oh, these are, the, the, I can't believe I told you all of these tests are normal. These are all abnormal. 
He said, Correct. you've got too much estrogen, you don't produce enough progesterone. Um, he said, yeah, and you don't ovulate. <laughs> wow. Just from, like, from those um, blood tests. And I'd had a couple of ultrasounds because I, every time I ovulate and every time I get my period, I'd be in crippling pain. Mm, and they said, oh, my, um, the GP said, oh, no, well, the report says you're, like, everything's fine. Um, with your ultrasounds and then my fertility specialist is like well it could be endometriosis it's Mm. classical they're classical symptoms of endometriosis so um from there we tried everything we went through oral medications first and then moved on to our wait we tried that for a year on different oral medications and when that wasn't working we did a laparoscopy um and that's when they found the endometriosis. Like, and it was quite extensive. It was adhered to my bowels. Um, it was tangled all around my um, ovaries and fallopian tubes. Wow. And after they, he tried to remove as much of it as he could. And he said he put a special glue in, which prevents it from growing back yeah. um, quickly. So he said you should get a, like, a, you know, a couple of years where it's at bay. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, uh, but he doesn't know how patent my tubes are because they were quite floppy after they removed all of the adhesions. Yeah. So when he saw me post-operatively, he said, in this first three months is when you'll be most fertile. Um, we'll continue with the oral medications and mm-hmm. see how you go. And he said, if you don't get pregnant by this, then we have to think about um, advancing treatment. Mm-hmm. And so I obviously didn't get pregnant. And um He was really straight up and he said, honestly, I don't think um, IUI, which is interuterine insemination, I don't think it's going to work for you because your tubes are not patent, um, obviously. And he said, it's just going to be a waste of money. He said, let's not waste your money. Let's just go straight to IVF. Yep. And let's get you a take-home baby is what he said. And that's the phrase that's that's always stuck with us was the take-home baby part. He said, I can... He said, I'll get you pregnant by IVF, definitely. He said, you've got no yeah. problems with your uterus. You've got yeah. a problem with your egg travelling um, out of your ovaries and into your mm. fallopian tubes. So, yeah, we started the next week, went to yeah. all the educational, because um, you have to go and do the educational um, seminars at their clinics and get all the information and obviously all the financial side of things. But it was really great because he charged us um, minimal gap because at that stage um, there was no bog billing clinics in Queensland wow so yeah we we started IVF that same month and we did our egg collection but he said to us the goal of egg collection was to get me as many babies as he could (laughs) that first cycle he said he said that 90 8% 8% chance of him not putting a fresh transfer in mm-hmm. because he said, that's not my goal. My goal isn't to get you pregnant this round. It's to make you as many babies as I can. Wow. Cause if we can make you as many babies as we can, we've got more chances of getting you pregnant. Yeah. Cool. Um, and we did that. So I hyperstimulated, which is a side effect of IVF. So obviously when you, your body's only made to make one baby <laughs> or yeah. one, one egg a month. Yeah. So I made 22 
Wow. So <laughs> I hyperstimulated, which where um, fluid accumulates in your abdominal cavity. Yeah. And it is quite painful, um, but I, it wasn't so bad that they had to drain it. I just needed rest and then. Um, I waited a further three months until our transfer because I had to wait until my hormones leveled out. Mm-hmm. And so once that happened, I think it was September 1st, we put our um, embryo in or we put two embryos in. Um, it's not protocol, <laughs> but he yeah. went against protocol because he said that he has a lot more success with um, with you know, have, making a baby if they put two in because he thinks that the HCG from two of them helps one thrive. Oh. So, yeah, we got pregnant with wow. our first transfer. Um, That's amazing. And we, you know, we had Nalani. Well, we put two in and we lost one of them at around eight weeks. Yes. Um, I don't think it was – we were sad about it, but we were still happy that – we had a baby yeah, um, and she was thriving and she was really healthy. And, yeah, we got discharged from our fertility specialist at 12 weeks. Wow. And we had actually planned to have a home birth with Nalani. Yeah. Um, we did apply for the MGP, which is the midwife group practice, um, through the Gold Coast Hospital, mm-hmm. which is where you get your own midwife throughout your pregnancy but I had made it to 12 weeks and didn't hear anything back from them so I went and um I booked in with a private midwife yeah which one um my own midwives on the Gold Coast oh I use the same beautiful yeah but in saying that we didn't actually use them because um at 13 weeks the MGP called and said that um they have an opening Oh, wow. And that so, lucky. yeah, so we went with the MGP just to save the money because we'd just yes. spent 20 grand on oh, fertility treatments. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it all adds up. Yeah. So we thought we'd um, save the money and yeah. we would do it that way. Yeah, um, cool. How we came about to learning about the MGP and, you know, different options around. Yeah birthing my one of my friends that I worked in emergency with is also a midwife yeah and she's also a hypnobirthing instructor um her name is Kate Martin yeah and um she had an expo a a pregnancy birth and beyond expo where they had my midwives were actually there and discussing all of your um options surrounding your care yeah we were just blown away. We just had no idea <laughs> that any of this was an option. So that's that's how we came about. I think um, most people have no idea, to be honest, hey, especially yeah. this baby as well. Like you just don't know. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. Um, and yeah. when I talk to people about the birthing centre, they're like, I just had, didn't know that was an option. They don't talk to you about that when you go no. to your doctor. Yeah. It's either you go... Like all I talk about is you can either, you know, come through shared care or you can go and book in with an obstetrician. They don't tell yes. you about private midwives or any of that. No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> wow. That's um, so cool. And so how was your pregnancy with Nalani? Yeah, well, because it was IVF, I had a lot of anxiety surrounding okay. my pregnancy. Um, yeah. And the Gold Coast Hospital has a policy with IVF babies that they have to be born before 40 weeks. Oh, um, really? Yeah. Um, a lot of hospitals are like that, but I don't know what the other um, policies are with other public hospitals. 
Yeah. Um, but I know on the Gold Coast, at most of the private hospitals and the Gold Coast, that's the policy. And it's because I did a study a f- while back, I don't know, I think it's 10 plus years ago, um, and the outcomes were that, um, thank you, that an IVF, IVF pregnancies are more likely to result in stillbirths after 40 weeks. Mm. And because it's unethical, they've never repeated the study. So a lot of people think it's outdated, but yeah. the Gold Coast Hospital still goes by that just because okay. obviously they're covering their bums. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. so I had an induction booked for um, 40 weeks yeah. um, or 39 weeks plus six days it was my induction day. Wow. Um, and so we were really hoping that I would go natural because I did a hypnobirthing course with um, Megan Amore on the Gold Coast and um, obviously it teaches you that with um, any intervention, there's risk. Mm-hmm. And so we were trying to avoid that. And yep. we were really lucky that we went into labour naturally at 39, 39 plus four days, I think we were, with Nalani. Oh, you're so lucky. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I <laughs> went and got an induction massage. <laughs> nice. So, um, which is just acupressure. And, and yeah, and it really helped me when it's in labour naturally with her. So how did you feel going into um, labour with her? Because you just mentioned you had quite a lot of anxiety during your pregnancy, um, but then you, you know, educated yourself and really prepped your mindset. So how was it like in those, um, you know, last weeks before you gave birth, were you feeling um, a lot more confident? Yeah, no, I was definitely a lot more confident. My anxiety was more around the fact that it took us so long to get her. What if we don't actually get to take her home? Yes, because um, she just spent a lot of money and energy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's that's just where the anxiety was. But my mindset in regards to birth itself, I was yes. like set. I We had prepared and we'd done our birth preparation and I hit my birthing. We were both on the same page about the kind of birth that we wanted. And, um, yeah, we were really confident in our, you know, labour and birth processes. Yeah, beautiful. And so you went into birth at 39, um, 39 plus 6, did you say? Yeah, uh, plus 4. Oh, plus 4. Yeah, so 39. Yeah, just in time. (laughs) We we literally just talked. I saw my midwife at 39 weeks and, you know, we'd booked in my induction and she'd been through everything that was going to (laughs) happen. And I was just not... I was just not keen on it at all. So I really willed myself to go into labour before that. Wow. That's so cool. And when was your induction, um, well, your massage that you got? I think it was two days before. Wow. I went yeah. um, and got an, um, the same massage from Megan and I I went into labour two days after as well. Yeah. <laughs> she messaged she me. She was like, how are you going? And I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's happening. That's Thank goodness. Amazing. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so tell us how it started. How did your labour start? Um, so I started getting niggly pains the night before. I should, sorry, I should need to mention that I did have stretch and sweeps as well. Yes. Um, because I really wanted to avoid induction. Yeah. Um, but they didn't work, obviously. <laughs> yeah. I, was in, I started getting them at 37 weeks and I was in prodromal labour for two weeks before I had her. <laughs> wow. So, um, yeah, that wasn't very nice oh sorry my toddler's playing in the toilet <laughs> gotta love that <laughs> I know. um so yeah it's, I started niggling the night before 
But I thought, oh, it's just that prodromal labor that my midwife was telling me about. It's nothing. And I went back to sleep and I woke up at about three o'clock and the pain had just started to get worse and I couldn't sleep through it anymore. So I thought, okay, this is actually happening. <laughs> it's going to mm, happen today. Wow. But I just knew my body and I knew that I was a long way away from birthing. So my husband woke up at four and he's like, I can stay home if you like. Um, and I said, no, go to work. He was only working. He was working on the Commonwealth Games Village. So it was right next to the hospital anyway. Nice. <laughs> so I said, no, just go to work if I need you. Like at least you can come right next door. Yeah. Um, but I didn't call him home until 3 o'clock. They told me to come into the hospital when I had two contractions in 10 minutes. Yeah. But I called my midwife and I said to her that, um, you know, I don't feel like it's – I'm – that close to giving birth Mm -hmm. so they let me go out to three contractions in 10 minutes and even even then I still called like called and said I don't think that I'm got I still think I'm hours away from birthing but they made me go in anyway yeah um and so when I got there I was still quite I wasn't in you know when you're like in a lot of pain that you're like like your birth is end like you're going to give birth soon. But I just wasn't at that stage yet when I got to the hospital. Yeah. So I got there around 3.30, I think it was. And, um, you know, they do the usual. We, um, I let them, because I've been in labour for so long, <laughs> I wanted them to check my dilation because I, um, I just wanted it for peace of mind. But yeah. I said, only tell me if I'm over five centimetres. I said, if I'm under that. Don't even say anything. Yeah. <laughs> because I knew it would play on my mind. But then we were there. I didn't end up giving birth until 10 o'clock at night. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we were there for five hours. Oh, was that, yeah. A good few hours before I delivered. But and we, um, um, were you already over five when they checked? Um, I'm not sure. She never told me. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. She never told me. So I'm assuming I wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I had gone in there with the intention of no intervention. Yes. But because I, I, my midwife gets two days off a month, (laughs) the midwife that I had throughout my whole pregnancy. And the day that I went in, it was the day that she had off. So I actually didn't get my midwife. I had three different midwives throughout my labor. Wow. And how was that having like different people? Um, it was just, it was just annoying in the sense that my, they had my birth plan and everything and they knew what I wanted. It was yeah. more environmental things like dim lighting and them being quiet and minimal, um, like I wanted noise. Doppler checks and yeah, minimal noise and the doors at the, at like in the birthing suite are really heavy because they're fire mm, doors. Yes. <laughs> so when they open and they close, they slam. Yeah, wow. <laughs> and so we would, my husband and I would get into a good, like, hypnotic state where we were really calm and, like, we were in active labour at the stage and then, you know, I'd have, like, a random student midwife come in and, oh, I have to check your baby's heart right now. And <laughs> it just, like, fully, like, you know, psyched us out and, um, yeah, it was just it was just annoying that every time, yeah. literally every time I'd look up and have a different midwife, and I'm sorry, I don't know who you are. Yeah, <laughs> so it was a little bit frustrating. Yeah, wow. Um, but 
I, because I was like, I felt rushed as well. Like I felt like I was on a clock, <laughs> like I did with um, Nalani. Like we mm-hmm. had our, um, both our mothers there. I just thought it'd be a good experience for both our mothers to be in the room with us. Oh, but they there? How beautiful. Yeah, they were. <laughs> oh, nice. But um, if I had to go about it again, I wouldn't have had them in there. Okay. Because, and I'll talk about more about this with Luca's birth because yes. I think it's a good um, comparison. But I, um, I definitely think uh, who you have in your birthing space contributes to the kind of birth mm. that you have. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I felt rushed by yeah. our parents, and because I could hear them saying, "Oh, is there anything that we can do to make this go faster?" It's going like taking oh, a really no. long time. Oh, <laughs> And, like, they weren't being malicious at all, but it was yeah, just, like, I, I can hear them in the background. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, I could hear them going, oh, because my um, in-laws lived on the Sunshine Coast and I could hear them going to my, my husband, I think we're going to go now because <laughs> yeah. it's taking a really long time. And then my husband was upset because it was his first child and he wanted his parents to be oh. there. So and was then... that your wishes to have them there or did they ask, can we? No, please? I thought it would be good for my husband I okay. have his, like, so his, his dad waited in the in the um, family room and his mum was in there with us. Yeah. I just thought it would be a good, like, he would need a support person as well if yeah, he needed nice. it. Yeah. Um, and then I just had my mum there because I, re- I relied heavily on her when I was in labour with my first child. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like I said, I felt really rushed by them. Yeah. <laughs> and just, the, like, the vocabulary, um, the conversation that mm. you know it, it it affects your mindset when you know you're in labor and like I said I felt rushed and then yeah. <laughs> I feel like it was prolonging things further just the yeah. environment that I was in yes interesting <laughs> and um and then for that birth did you visualize a birth you know in your head that you wanted yeah so I I wanted to have a a water birth yeah but I think I got in there too early yeah um and I just felt like it was slowing things down so I was in and out of the bath and in the shower and then when I felt like I was getting closer I jumped back in the bath mm-hmm. but um I stopped feeling her move down um and I looked up and I had a different midwife <laughs> oh no <laughs> so the midwife was there because you they can't leave the room if you're in the water yeah and I looked up and it was a different midwife <laughs> and I looked at her I was like I don't are you the midwife because I didn't know yeah, yeah. <laughs> she was a midwife or, and she said yeah I'm, I'm Tracy she was a team leader yes. um on that night yeah and we were actually really lucky that we got her um for our actual birth because she was fantastic and I just looked at her and I said she's stuck I know she's stuck she's not moving down anymore wow and um she said okay well that when your next contraction finishes, we're going to get you up on the bed. Mm, interesting. And, um, yeah, I got up on the bed and honestly I felt like that's where I needed to be because I was so much more comfortable on the bed on my back yeah. than what I was in the water. And I know that, like, they teach you a lot to not birth on your back because it can delay the process. Mm-hmm. But that's where I was actually really comfortable and I think it helped me relax in us. Yeah, nice. Um, and because I knew she was stuck, I let her do an internal and she was stuck. She was in an awkward position. Yeah. So the midwife um, had to push her head back up um, a little bit so that it could come 
she rotated the head a little bit um and had anterior cervix like a lip so just a little bit of um the cervix remaining that wouldn't let the baby's head descend so she lifted that up and over wow as well and that was really really painful (laughs) but as soon as she did that um um Nalani was born not long after and yeah because of the hypnobirthing we learned to breathe the baby down and out as opposed and let your body's natural ejection reflex take over Mm -hmm. and as soon as she did that I didn't have to push it all she just literally next contraction she started to descend um and then yeah two contractions after um, my midwife intervened she was born um, and she was born, um, so she was so chilled out when she was born, but she was born in meconium as well. So yeah. because of that, um, they had to call a met call yeah. because they weren't sure if, um, you know, she was going to be 100% responsive and if she was going to have a good APGAR score. It was, it's just a hospital policy. <laughs> but she wasn't, so was, it wasn't, did the it wasn't meconium in front of her. come out um, with after her? her. Oh, yeah. After. Oh, yeah. That happened with me too. So yeah. yeah. So when they broke my waters initially, it was clear, and when her head yes. came out, there was no meconium. It just followed her out. Yeah. Um. But yeah, because of that, then the mat team came in, the obstetrician came in, and because we wanted to do delayed cord clamping, and we didn't yeah. want we wanted to birth apple center first. Yeah. Um. Nalani, and she wasn't crying. She didn't cry when she came out. She made a little, you know, grizzle. But she was breathing. She was pink. She, she looked fine. Um, but the uh, the obstetrician wanted to cut her cord and resuscitate her <laughs> yeah, wow. with a with an actual um, air beaver, which is the bag yeah. and mask. Yeah. Oh and um, so Nikki came in. <laughs> my midwife, like I said, I'm really lucky we had the team leader. Yeah. Um, and minutes after birth, it, my t- midwife and the obstetrician in charge were arguing like in front of my husband and I were just oh like we just gave birth and they're actually like arguing with each other <laughs> because the obstetrician's like I want that cord clamped and cut and we need to resuscitate this baby yes and then my midwife's going but she doesn't need resuscitation she's pink and yeah. she's breathing fine <laughs> yeah wow. and then the obstetrician's going well why did you why did you call a met call and she said because it's hospital policy like I literally just needed you here because the meconium came out after her and obviously I'm just covering my back yeah of course and then while they were arguing NICU came in the pediatrician was there and then the two NICU nurses and they said okay we're just gonna like leave baby on you we're just gonna check her oxygen they said they put um an oxygen um Like they put an oximeter on her and tested her oxygen and her oxygen was perfect. Yeah. And um, they did, I don't know, some little tests on her and they said, okay, we're we're done here. We're not taking her away. (laughs) Oh, God. No need for this baby to be resuscitated. And thank God that pediatrician was there as well. (laughs) The pediatrician pretty much said, I'm not going to let you resuscitate a baby that doesn't need resuscitation. Exactly. (laughs) That doesn't make sense. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Like they said, she's pink. She looks very happy. There's no need yeah. to take her away. Um, yeah, wow. And so, yeah, the obstetrician wasn't happy. It was She was just like um, she wanted to exert her authority, I felt. Yeah, of course. Like yeah. I'm the doctor. You need to listen to me. I have 
and she was only a junior obstetrician as well. Wow. Like, you know, she's in charge. She just wanted to be heard, I think. Yes. Yeah. And then, yeah, she wasn't very happy. So she stormed off and Nikki <laughs> were like, okay, we're going. You're fine. And, <laughs> wow. yeah, and my midwife was fantastic. She's like, yeah, well, thank you. You guys can go now. I just needed you here because <laughs> I yeah. had to. Yeah. I had no other choice. <laughs> So interesting. And then obviously um, were you able to do the natural, um, you know, your placenta come out naturally and the delay called clamping? Yeah, so we had that physiological third stage, which is no intervention. Yeah. Um, so I didn't have the syntocin shot in the leg. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just came away by itself about an, an hour to an hour and a half after Nalani was born. Beautiful. And, yeah, we have some good photos of that actually. It was It's so lovely because we – we really wanted to make sure that she got all of that cord blood. Mm. And, yeah. yeah, it was wonderful. Wow. And how did you feel? Um, did you regret anything, um, obviously, after that birth? Were you happy you chose, obviously, going there again um, to yeah. have your second birth? Yeah. So I regretted the intervention. So yeah. like them doing internal checks and allowing them to break my waters because I don't know if anyone's had their waters broken before, but when that happens, mm. like the, the pain is just something different than what you were experienced prior to that. Because <laughs> obviously, and I think that's one of the reasons why she might've got stuck because yeah. her that that's when she got stuck is after they broke the waters. Wow. Um, I just, she obviously wasn't in a good position prior to that and I feel like by breaking the waters about her head come down way too fast yeah right and it didn't give it enough time to transition yeah so that's and I think it was a good learning curve um, mm. for us with Nalani's birth and going into our birth with Iluka yeah so interesting I'm really um yeah, intrigued about your third birth now yeah so let's move on on a planned pregnancy so no definitely not so Nalani oh. oh. was IVF and Ayluka yes. was completely unplanned. We weren't planning oh. to, because um, he was obviously his natural. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and we weren't planning to have another baby maybe until she was about four um, going yeah. into prep. Because uh, we just wanted to, like, you know, give her a good chunk of time on her own, like Lamaya did. She had her, you know, she had a good 12 years or yeah. oh, 10 years. Had a good yeah. 10 years before um, Nalani came along. So we just wanted to make sure that we gave her adequate time with us by herself, but that didn't happen. I um, I started to feel really sick. I, I just wasn't feeling like myself. And because I have, like, endometriosis and I don't ovulate, I don't get my period. Yeah, wow. So I, after I had Nalani, I'd get my period. I got my period at six weeks and it came regularly for about – five months and then it started mm-hmm. to sp- space out again like it would go 60 days 90 days like I'd go like three four months without you know having a period and so I hadn't had a period in like two months and so <laughs> wow. um it just wasn't on my radar at all I did say to my husband like you know maybe I know that we probably can't get pregnant naturally my fertility specialist told me if I did get pregnant naturally it most likely end up in an ectopic yeah um it was very unlikely that I would have a natural pregnancy again but he said it's not impossible like it can happen so um yeah I decided not feeling like myself I just felt really run down and um fatigued and 
I started to feel really sick and I'm a really healthy and fit person and I was finding Mm -hmm. it really hard to like complete my workouts and my training and um, I took a pregnancy test at work and it was negative so I was like okay well I'm not pregnant yeah so there's got to be something else wrong with me and my mum's got thyroid issues so I thought maybe it's my thyroid and my hormones are just like all out of whack because I do have a hormonal imbalance anyway maybe they're just more out of whack than what they are so yeah. I went to, I think it was in November, because I play Oztag, I had nationals that weekend and I went to the GP on the Wednesday. Yeah. And I said to him, like, I feel really unwell. Like, this feels like, because I had hyperemesis in the last 16 weeks. Mm-hmm. And I said, this feels like hyperemesis. Um, but I just don't think I'm pregnant. I think it's something else. Like, I think it's like my thyroid, like my my cancer mark is yeah <laughs> I, I like you know I there's got to be something else and um I said I took a pregnancy test like a couple weeks ago and it was negative so I don't think I'm pregnant and yeah. he said well I'll just I'm gonna check your beta HTG anyway because you know we've got to rule it out and I said okay well he did all that and we did my thyroid function test and my um iron and cancer markers and everything and he said come back in the morning for the um beta HTG Mm-hmm. and I, I did and so he went in there and he goes yeah so you're definitely pregnant <laughs> and I was I was just in complete shock I like went white as a ghost and I was like no wow. <laughs> I was like no that's got to be wrong and he's like oh no you'll be at HGs in the 2000s that's it's not wrong <laughs> and oh he's my like, goodness. he said by these levels you're around nine weeks pregnant <laughs> wow and I said I was like oh he's like are you okay you look really you don't look very well <laughs> I go no I'm just this wasn't meant to like we just never expected this at all like this is just so out of the blue we yeah it, like, it was never on our radar that we would get pregnant at all Wow. and so I'm not one of those types of people that um you know how people wives do those pregnancy announcements for their husbands yeah so I literally got in the car and I left him 30 missed calls. <laughs> oh, my God. And he's at work and he's like, what's wrong? Like, what's wrong with you? Is there something wrong? And you go, go no, I'm pregnant. <laughs> and he's like, no, you're not. <laughs> oh, my God. And, yeah, I had to um, go away and play nationals for tag that weekend and not let anyone know. Oh. So it was really hard. And then I was spewing on the sideline and in between oh my each game. and. <laughs> And I was like, are you okay? I was like, yeah, I just don't feel very well. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, yeah, that was a shock and a half to find out we were pregnant with him. Amazing. So it was a miracle, basically. Yeah, it was It was meant to be, definitely. Oh, so beautiful. And then for the rest of your pregnancy, how did you feel? Um, so, yeah, I had hyperemesis with him. So I went, okay. I, um, with Nalani, I went into hospital a few times for fluid hydration and, um, like, um, intravenous anti-emetics. Mm-hmm. Uh, I only had to go in once with him and I had stomatal infusions for um, a day. Wow. And fluid um, hydration as well. Yeah. But then at 10 weeks I got, um, I got appendicitis, acute appendicitis. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so I had to have my appendix removed. Um, what? Yeah, when I was 10 weeks pregnant, so I was oh in hospital. Wow. Sorry. Oh, there he goes. So I was in hospital for three days <laughs> with that. And I said, oh, maybe you'll stop feeling so unwell now that you're, um, you know, that you've had your appendix out because sometimes that can make you sicker than usual. Yeah. 
but no, it didn't. <laughs> I still had, I was still sick for a, um, until I was about 15 weeks with him. Wow. So fascinating. Yeah. And um, for that, you know, that pregnancy, did you do um, any prep for, you know, your birth? Uh, yeah. So we started birth preparation from about 15 weeks, I think I was, after uh, my, after my um, sickness started to die off and I started to get more energy back because mm-hmm. I literally spent the first half of my pregnancy on the ground, wow. like on the floor in bed <laughs> or on the couch. Like there was not much, I wasn't vertical very much during my, the first half of my pregnancy. Um, so once I got my energy back, we started birth preparation straight away. And yep. because we'd done hypnobirthing prior, we just went over all our hypnobirthing again um, together. We didn't do a refresher course because it only been two years and we just, you know, we knew that we could do it by ourselves. Yeah, of course. So, yeah. Yeah. As soon as I found out I was pregnant, I called my same midwife that I had with Nalani. And she's like, oh, this is perfect. Um, she's like, I needed to find another spot because they take four um, clients per month. She's like, I needed to find another spot. And it's so much easier when. What? <laughs> some, no yeah. She's like, it's so much easier when, you know, you have return patients because you just slot them in. You don't have to. Yeah you know do anything else any extra paperwork yeah so yeah it was fantastic wow that's so cool and um yeah like when you went into labor um yeah how did it start so I went into labor um on Friday Friday morning Mm -hmm. and I I woke up at about four o'clock in my I said to my husband, because he was going to work, and I said, rolled over and I said to him, I was like, I've been having contractions, like, you know, since about two o'clock. Yeah. And he's like, oh, do you want me to go to work? And I said, no, it's the same. Th- this is like the same kind of thing as Nalani. I don't think it's going to happen until later on in, in the evening. Yes. So, um, you know, go to work. I don't think anything's going to happen straight away. So he... They were about five minutes apart and they were like, like that for the whole day. And, but they were getting stronger. And I said, I called my midwife and let her know what was happening. <laughs> Again, her two days off in the month were a Saturday and Sunday. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. And so I, I said to her, I was like, I'm going to have this baby when you're not here. I just feel it. Like I know it's going to happen again. <laughs> yeah. Right. And I labored throughout the whole day. My husband came home. Like, because my contractions were getting closer together and they were getting a lot stronger, just like they did with Nalani. And I thought, okay, well, it's probably going to happen like the same as last time. And I, he, because he was in Brisbane in the city, he wanted to come back because he didn't want to miss it mm-hmm. um, just in case that everything ramped up really quickly. Yeah. And, yeah, he came home. We went for a really big walk around our estate and they were getting closer and stronger. But then I got home. And um, throughout the night, they just, they got longer apart. And I said to my, I called my midwife and because she'd checked his position the day before, he was um, left um, occipit posterior. So it was back to back and facing my left hip. Mm-hmm. And she said, um, because he's in that position, he said his, his head's not exerting enough pressure on your cervix um, for your labor to progress. And he, your labor won't progress until he moves slightly. And, um, yeah, so I went throughout the whole night, still contracting throughout the night, um, 15 minutes to half an hour apart. And I woke up in the morning and I said to my husband, I'm so over this. Like, 
I cannot go like another day. Like I cannot go days like this because she did say that. She said you could go days, even up to like a week in the latent oh, phase because of the position that the baby's in. Interesting. Yeah, and so I said to my husband, um, let's go see our acupuncturist. Um, we mm-hmm. see Brad and Tabitha down at the studio here in Burley. Yeah, nice. And um, we called and luckily they had one appointment available for 10.45. Wow. wow. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I got there and I told her what was happening and she's like, okay, let's get this baby moving. And, um, yeah, she put all the needles in specific spots and she attached like a um, like electrodes to them just to intensify um, – I don't know, just to intensify them. It's like a TENS machine, but wow. they attach to the ends of the needles and they just give you little tiny zaps. Interesting. And, um, you yeah, know, that was that. And then because we were in Burley, I said, okay, well, let's look up, walk up south, like South Burley Hill. <laughs> and yes. if anyone's been up that hill, it's super steep. And I've never been up there before. I'd only done North Burley. Yes. Um, and yet it's not a very big walk, but it's very steep. Yeah. And we I walked. I did the same too. It's great. <laughs> yeah. And um, he's like, okay, I'm going to walk behind you because this is very steep and I don't think you know what you're in for. Yeah. And But we did it anyway and then we walked back to the car and then nothing happened <laughs> for the whole day. And I just, it was still the same thing. Every 15 minutes I'd get a contraction and um, – but nothing happened and then my husband's mum and sister came down from the Sunshine Coast just to see Nalani and just to see us before the baby was born. Yeah. And so they went out to the shops to get, um, what's it called, um, dinner. And when he came home, I was just chatting to him in the, in the um, oh, sorry, my toddler's gotten into nail polish now why is it always they always get into things when you're trying to have a conversation with people yeah <laughs> um but yeah he we were just having casual conversation talking about dinner and stuff and then I was just like oh my god and he goes are you all right what happened and I go I think my water's just broke oh my god <laughs> and um he's like can you get off the carpet go into the bathroom oh. <laughs> he's like don't spill it everywhere oh. um and he's like, are you sure? And so, yeah, I pulled down my pants and it just kept leaking out. And so I was like, yeah, yeah. I think that's it. And I think if you've had a baby before, you can't you, – you, there's no mistaking the smell of amniotic fluid. Yeah, <laughs> it's, wow. got, it's got a distinct smell to it. Wow. And, um, like, I called my midwife and I said – oh, well, it wasn't my actual midwife. This is – by this time it was Saturday. And yeah. the midwife I'd had for my whole pregnancy was um, on her days off. Yeah. And <laughs> – so I had Emily and she's lovely. And yes. um, I said to her, you know, I've, um, my waters have broken, but, you know, I don't, nothing's happened. Like everything's still the same as what they, what it was. And she said, oh, she said, that's okay. She's like, you know, try and get a good night's sleep and hopefully we can both get a good night's sleep and then we'll, I'll see you tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, because she said, if you haven't, if nothing's happened by tomorrow, come in and we'll check you because we just want to check the baby's um, heart rate and position and everything. Um, and she said, if by night time, like Sunday, you haven't had him, we'll have to induce you because of, um, like, because they like to go the 24 hour thing. She said, you can um, refuse it and push it back. Yeah. Um, but that's just protocol. She said, but yeah, you're, you're open, like, welcome to refuse it. And so, um, yeah, so we left it at that. And then my husband and I was putting our toddler 
like you know to sleep but she wasn't going to sleep so I just put a movie on for her <laughs> and I was like okay well I'm just gonna go um you know listen to some rainbow relaxation which is you know just some hypnobirthing tracks yeah and um yeah at nine o'clock I had my first big contraction and I um just kept listening to my hypnobirthing tracks and they just kept getting stronger and stronger and stronger so I thought okay well I think I really need to get into the shower now because I'm getting really uncomfortable yeah and (laughs) um I messaged I text my husband he's at the dining room table and this was about 9 30 and I oh actually no I called my doula first because she was in Brisbane and she just moved to um the north side of Brisbane from um south Brisbane so she was an hour away from me and I called her first and I said, yeah, it's going to happen. Like, you should start making your way down. Yeah. Just because, and like, just come to my house first, even if it takes all night, but I think it's it's definitely going to happen tonight. Yeah. And then I text my husband, uh, the next contraction, I was like, can you come, can you come here, please? <laughs> so he yeah. come in. And by the time he got into the shower, like on all fours, and he's like, oh my God, he's like, I didn't know this was happening. How come you didn't come and get me? <laughs> He's like, how come you didn't tell me? He's like, oh, my God, what do I do? Like, are we going to the hospital soon? And I go, no. I, after that contraction finished, I said, oh, no, I think I'll be fine to – I think it'll be like, you know, a, a good hour or so before I need to go to the hospital. And I called my midwife and said, yeah, it's definitely happening tonight. Like, I'm going to definitely have this baby tonight. Like, these contractions are getting a lot, lot worse. And she's okay. She's like, next time you call me, she said – um, I don't want you to be able to walk or talk during a contraction. Wow. <laughs> and she said, that's how you know you need to come into hospital. Yes. And yeah. um, the next contraction, <laughs> my husband's like, um, okay, I don't think we're waiting. I'm going to pack the car. Yeah. <laughs> and then it was literally two contractions after I called my midwife that I wasn't walking or talking anymore in between a contraction. And my husband called my midwife and was like, yeah, no, she's not walking or talking now. So... <laughs> And she's like, he's like, she's like, can you put it on loudspeaker? I just want to listen to her. And she's like, oh yeah, yeah. that sounds very convincing. She's yeah. like, she's like, I know that sound. I know you're definitely close to having a baby. So we pack the car, yeah. and I called my midwife in the car and said, um, you need to come straight to the hospital because don't bother stopping at home. Yeah. And we left home at ten and got to the hospital at ten thirty, and. Across the Gold Coast, like, it's a bridge from the car. Yeah. Like, you know, to the open, like, main doors. And I think I had about four contractions. And at this stage, I was in a lot of pain and, like, lying on the ground <laughs> on all fours. And you could just, there's, like, so many cameras and security is just watching me the whole time. By the time I got to the door, we didn't even buzz. They just, like, yep, come in. <laughs> Oh, and then I just, I literally had to, they were just back to back at that stage. So I was stopping like every 15 meters having a contraction and, um, my midwife, we got there before my midwife did and she, she got there not long after us and, um, yeah, we got into the birthing suite and my husband started running the bath and the bath, the baths there are really, really big. So they take a long time to fill. Yes. Yeah. So it took about a half an hour to fill. Wow. So I got or oh, 20 minutes maybe. So I got into the shower because I was so uncomfortable and the showers are great because I've got double shower heads. Like, so I had one on my belly, one on my back and I was leaning over a ball. And um, so, yeah, I'd been in there 
while it was filling. My midwife just got there. Um, she got there about 20 minutes after us. And my midwife, oh, sorry, my doula got there about 20 minutes after us. My midwife came in and because I was on all four, she looked behind me and she's like, okay, I think it's time to get in the bath because I really don't think you're going to miss having a water birth. Oh. And when I got into the bath, she's like, yeah, your baby's head's there. Wow. <laughs> Could you feel it? Yeah, so I felt it and I did feel it and I said, no, that's not his head, that's his membranes, that's his sac. Um, oh. And so she said, oh, your water's would have, your hind water's would have broke so from the from the top and they would have been leaking down. Yeah. Um. And, yeah, I think I, think I had about five contractions, like, and with his sack just there. And I, could, I just put my finger in slightly and I said his head's literally just behind this, um, you know, bag of, of fluid. It was, like, it was like a little water balloon, like, so like a full water balloon. That's how, Whoa. like, how much of the sack was coming out. Yeah. And his head was just behind there. And so I knew he wasn't going to come down and she knew he wasn't going to come down until those, either the waters broke or, you know. Mm-hmm. So it was about five contractions and, um, yeah, and I was just like, it was really funny because it, at each contraction I was in a lot of pain and if you watch my birth video, you can see how much pain I'm in. You can't hear it, but I yeah. was I was screaming in between like during some of these contractions. And I think I was saying to my midwife, oh, well, I was very vocal anyway. And I said to my midwife in between, she's like, I said, I'm just making a noise because I feel like it helps the cause. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, like I, um, I was thinking about like releasing like an audio bit, just like snippets of the audio of the conversations yeah. I was having with my midwife. Oh, because so it's funny because like in between each contraction, I'm completely normal, like having a normal conversation and yeah. then I'd have a contraction and then stop and, you know, be really loud. And then anyway, what were we talking about? Yeah. <laughs> So what was that? What did you ask me before this contraction? She's like, do you just want to have the baby first and we can talk about this after? That's so funny. <laughs> but, um, yeah, his, I think it was like five contractions after I got into the water, um, his um, sac uh, burst, and then his head literally dropped down straight away. And wow. um, it was really, really good because, like, my husband was in there as well and you can see how supportive he was. But he's so oh, interested. So amazing. So interested in birth and he was, like, feeling it as well. He's like, oh, this is so cool. Like, and you can see us laughing at each other. And wow. <laughs> because it was just so, like, we, we, this is the birth that we had envisioned. It was like, oh, my God, we're actually having the birth that we wanted. Wow. And we were just, like, making little jokes to each other in between. And I was saying, I was like, oh, because he had been joking about getting a vasectomy. And I go, yes. I'm so glad you're getting the snip after this because <laughs> I'm just, I don't want to have to do, like, you know, don't want to have to do this amount of pain again. <laughs> yes, yeah. Wow. And, um, yeah, but then his head came out. And when I was feeling, because I was feeling down there the whole time. Mm-hmm. And as his head was coming out, um, cause I, obviously we, I just let, you know, the ejection reflex take over and just was breathing him down. And, um, I was feeling him and I said to my husband, I was like, oh my God, he is huge. Like, because oh. Nalani was seven pound 13 yes. and he was born at, um, he was one ounce off nine pounds Wow! and I could feel his face because <laughs> his head come out and the midwives were going, is there a chin there? And I go, yeah, his whole face is out <laughs> and I'm feeling his face and I could feel his cheeks. And I was like, his face is so chubby. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And then, then 
like we're just having a conversation my middle is going to me she's like I can't believe how calm you are like with a baby literally between your legs <laughs> and yeah the next contraction his whole the rest of his body came out and yeah we lifted him up and he was just so little noise oh. and um then he just really yeah he made and my midwife my midwife said um she's like oh this is normal for water water birth baby to just be um born really calm because they've just transitioned from water into water yeah so sometimes they don't know that they've really been born yet (laughs) wow but yeah no he just went straight back to sleep amazing (laughs) and he just he stayed asleep until um we um cut his cord from after my placenta was burst beautiful what a magical birth yeah no it was it was so it was incredible wow and I love your video just because um you know just seeing your husband support you and oh oh, just the love between you guys it's just so emotional just I know I was like tearing (laughs) up like crying I was like oh my god this is just amazing I you know I was like I hope that every woman gets to um have that amazing support partner as well and you know, because that's everything I believe in. Birth, oh, isn't yeah. It? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, my husband's actually saying that to me. Um, I think it was the day after Alika was born. He said, I just can't believe that some, like, husbands and partners are just not supportive of their, yeah. their wife's birth choices. Mm-hmm. He said, because he, he said, I couldn't imagine not being that person for you because yeah. he, he wanted to be really involved. And the reason we did a birthing course is because he's got ADHD. So yes. <laughs> he's, he had a lot of anxiety in the build-up to yeah. birthing with Nalani because of the process that we went through to get pregnant with her as yeah. well. He had a lot of anxiety about it as well. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like the hypnobirthing course really helped him prepare for it because Excellent. I think a lot of males think, like, oh, how am I going to be able to help? Like, there's nothing I can do. She's the one that's giving birth. Mm. Um, but he didn't want to be that person and I didn't want him to be that person. Like, you know, just because I'm pregnant and giving birth doesn't mean you can't help. Absolutely. So I just, it was, I noticed a really big difference from when he was embracing me, like in pain level, as to when he wasn't. It was so much easier dealing with the pain when he was like with me, as opposed to when he wasn't. So like like when he he, was birthing, you know, the baby with you. Yeah, no, definitely. We definitely worked hard together to bring our babies outside. So beautiful. And I love that you got a doula. So had you had a doula before? Was this your first time? And this was my first time. And I think it made such a big difference um, in birth preparation. Yeah. So a lot of people don't actually know what a doula is. No. Would you um, like to explain? So, yeah, a doula is, I think it translates to like a, like a woman's servant or a woman's maid. Yes. Um, and... So what they are, they're a birth support person. So they're there to support you in any way that you need them throughout your birth preparation, your birth and your postpartum. Um, so they're, there's, they're not clinically trained at all. So they don't do anything clinical. They're literally just there for your mental well-being um, to help you progress in labour. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when she arrived um in our birthing space my husband and I just felt so calm as soon as she got there we just like had this like massive sense of calm like a calm wave wash over us and 
Yeah, no, it was so great. So we did a few um, antenatal sessions together and it was just preparing my mind and it was a lot of like the hypnobirthing stuff. Um, it, it was just mind over matter type of thing yeah. stuff and really getting in tune with um, who you are as a person and setting birthing intentions, mm-hmm. um, you know, early in your pregnancy and then meditating on them throughout your pregnancy um, and envisioning what you want for your birth. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it was great to have her there. We, so she was, she said to my husband, you know, I'm here for when you need a break or when you need me. She's like, I don't want to take over mm-hmm. your role, um, in this birth. I'm just here for when you need me. And you can see me holding on to a person behind my husband and that's my doula. Yeah. So like, I really looked for her, um, throughout my surges. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, and like she was, it, like I said, like I said with Milani, who you have in your birth space really affects your birth. Mm. So I, because I didn't have anyone else in there, it was just my doula and my husband, and we were all on the same page. Yeah. Wow. In regards to the birth, I like we had envisioned. We'd all in, been envisioning the same birth for myself, and um, there was no outside voices, no outside conversation. Um, the vocabulary that, vocabulary that was used was what we had been using throughout our um, pregnancy. So it was just it was a nice transition into birth. That's um, beautiful. Yeah, and she, I think she really did make a difference because I, um, the reason I wanted a doula this time was because mm. I didn't have my midwife there last time. Mm-hmm. I had all those different midwives, and when I chose them. Um, my doula, I did say to my midwife, I wanted a doula because what if you're not there? Yeah. Like I need someone to advocate for me because I didn't yeah. have I didn't have you there last time to advocate for me and at least you'll know what I want and what I need yeah. throughout my, my throughout my labour. Um, and it really set my mind at ease having her there. And I definitely think that it's worth the money preparing mm-hmm. yourself for for labour and birth. I think a lot of women uh, like oh, a lot of partners they're put off by birth preparation because of the amount of money it costs. Yeah, but I just don't think you can put a price on it. You no. like you prepare for a big night out, and you don't care how much money you spend on a big <laughs> night out, or you know you'll spend tens of thousands of dollars on a wedding. Some people spend up to a hundred thousand dollars on a wedding, but mm. they think it's too costly spending you know a thousand dollars on your birth. Yeah. Um, but it, you can't, I just don't think you can put a price on it to have a great birthing outcome. It comes down to, um, preparation and education and yep. for that, in order to receive that education, then why wouldn't you? Um, especially if it's going to mean a better outcome for your baby. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, I just think it's a great foundation, but it's taught us to be better parents as well. The way that we mm. have birthed. Um, it's really um, set the way that we parent our children now. Mm-hmm. Um, we're a lot more calmer and, you know, at, we're more relaxed parents now than what we were before, like with my eldest child. Yes. Interesting. That's so intriguing. And, um, you know, I'm really interested to know because obviously you only gave birth um, 11 days ago so soon. Mm-hmm. Um and because of COVID-19, like, restrictions, did you have a little bit of anxiety going into that birth because, like, did you know if you were allowed your doula as well as your partner there? 
Yeah, so initially it was just my partner that was going to be allowed. Yes. Um, and they were talking about not having any birth support. Mm-hmm. And I said to my, I'm not going to advocate this for any uh, anyone else, but I did say to my midwife that if that comes down to it, then I will free birth at home and call a paramedic. Wow. Because I will not birth, like I will not give birth without my husband being there. Yep. Um, like in a hospital. And I said, if we get there and he gets turned away, then we'll, I'll be going home with him <laughs> and we'll call an ambulance because I'm, Good on I just won't, won't do it. Um, yeah. And I just don't think there was any reason to take away birthing partners. I mean, just in regards to the COVID situation, um, you know, they're allowing up to 10 people in, in this certain venue or they're allowing you to have this many guests over at your house. Mm. I know hospitals are a little bit different, but to deny a person of birth support, um, I think it's really cruel. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, that was – I could have gone without my doula, but there's no way that I could have um, birthed without my husband. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. And you've just got such a beautiful birth video to – you know, showcase your empowering birth, which we'll actually put up um, on the page. I'm so excited mm. to show everyone. Yeah. Um, but for all the listeners, do you have any, um, well, yeah, advice for new mums that might be um, pregnant or going through that stage where they're preparing for their birth? Yeah, I just think it comes down to educating. So even like some of, some of the... Um, more conventional type of baby expos. They don't really teach you too much about birth preparation. It's more buy this product, buy that product. But mm. if you look into it, there are a lot of holistic um, birth practitioners out there that do hold um, expos uh, in regards to birth preparation, um, Your what is available to you, especially with um, private midwives, your first you can go to a bulk billing session first and get all the information that you need from them prior to booking in. Mm. So I think it's just really about exploring your options um, and just don't settle for anything less than what, you know, you deserve um, because a lot of new mums, they don't know what their options are. They literally will just do what they're told to do like mm-hmm. like I did with my first pregnancy. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I just think education is is the most empowering thing that you can achieve in your pregnancy. Mm, that's beautiful. Wow, that's so much um, advice and great, yeah, golden nuggets right there. But, um, yeah, thank you so much for sharing your birth stories. And, oh, my God, you must be on such a high after that <laughs> third birth, God. Oh, no, definitely. <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. But, yeah, we'll link to your Instagram page so people can – um check you out and your beautiful children as well but um yeah thank you so much for coming on the birthing goddess podcast and hopefully um yeah maybe we can meet in person one day soon no definitely that was amazing thank you so much for having me awesome thanks Asha. See you later. <laughs> thank you bye, bye.